And so it's that time to get rolling on the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here. And joining us on Monday, as always, Alex Lucifero, lawyer, partner, San Fury to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reaching out to Alex anytime. We're not doing this lovely radio show. Here's how you go about doing that. one 821 5900 Alex and his team always ready to have that chat just to answer any questions you may have beyond what you ask us here on the show. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And your first line of defense for knowing your employment rights, your employment laws, would be go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Whilst there, you can check out for free and anonymously the severance calculator. We'll tell you exactly what the title says. Tells you how much your severance should be. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website for that. Tonight on the show, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. We'll get to that in a moment. So let's rock and roll. Alex, what do you got for me to open things up, pal? Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be here as usual. And as you said, we're uh, live on the air here until 7 p.m. Ready to answer any questions our listeners have about employment law, about workplace rights, really anything and everything to do with your job. If you have questions about your rights as an employee, well, this is the time. This is the place. We're uh, ready to talk, ready to answer any questions you have about what's going on at work. Whether those questions are about severance or maybe your employer is making a big change to your employment, maybe your pay or changing your position in some way, uh, or maybe you're in a bad situation. Maybe you're being harassed by another employee at work or maybe being bullied by your boss at work. Really, mm-hmm. whatever the situation is, everyone needs to know about their workplace rights. John, it's so extremely important. We spend the majority of our time at work. And listen, it's quite common that despite everyone's best best efforts, conflicts arise disputes between employers and employees happen and it's important to know how to handle those situations so you know our employment laws in ontario are actually quite clear they're quite robust they're quite favorable to employees Uh, but of course the law can't help you if you don't know what the law is and that's exactly what we're here to do we're here to inform people on what their rights are and we're to help uh we're here to help people resolve their workplace problems so uh in that vein, uh, John, we always, of course, start the show off with a segment we call the uh, the case of the day and uh, mm-hmm. spoke to a nice lady uh, earlier today that hopefully I helped, uh, John, at least initially and at least a little bit. We're going to be working on her matter over the next couple of weeks. But as I said, spoke to a lady uh, earlier today who was in quite a bad situation. She was explaining to me that uh, she is being mistreated at work by her boss. It's uh, in some pretty terrible ways, uh, John. She's been me- being mistreated. Her, uh, her boss is extremely rude to her. Uh, He threatens her job constantly. He uses foul language uh, at her, puts her down in front of other employees. I mean, it it really, as far as verbal abuse goes, John, it really doesn't get worse, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point that this employee is currently on a medical leave of absence. So, I mean, it got so bad that she had to go see her doctor uh, and her doctor immediately put her on a medical leave. And interestingly enough, uh, John, and this is not the first time this happened, her doctor actually recommended that she speak with a lawyer and speak with an employment lawyer. So she actually contacted us, uh, having looked us up, uh, you know, uh, basically at the request of her doctor who said, hey, something's wrong here. You can't be dealing with a situation like this at, at work. You need to speak to someone. And of course, who do you speak to? You speak to an employment lawyer. Uh, in a situation like that. And that's when she contacted us, John, and she wanted to know, well, you know, what can I do here? Is this something I could do something about or do I just have to you know, suffer, grin and bear it here with no solution? Well, and of course, uh, there is a solution. I told her that, uh, John, I told her that, no, you don't have to suffer through bullying, harassment, 
in the workplace. You don't have to suffer through a poisoned work environment. Right. You have the right to work in a healthy, safe, proper work environment that's free from that kind of verbal abuse, free from that kind of harassment, as do all our listeners, uh, John. If this is happening to you where the work environment becomes so poisoned, you're being treated so badly by uh, your employer, not just this lady, but anybody that's dealing with the situation, you know, you need to know you have options, you have rights. If the situation is extreme, like it is in this case, you actually have the right to treat your employment as terminated. It's what we call a constructive dismissal. It's basically a breach of contract. When your employer treats you this badly, they're basically breaching these inherent terms of employment uh, that require a safe working environment. And in this case, the, you know, the treatment was so obviously bad, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to get her out of that workplace. We're going to get her the severance, uh, her proper severance entitlement so she can move on and you know, go out there and find another job in a better workplace, certainly. And so I wanted to mention that uh, because a lot of people out there, uh, John, think that there's shame in being harassed at work or shame in reaching out and having to deal with these kinds of issues or alternatively that they have no options but to, yeah. you know, as I mentioned before, but to just grin and bear it. But that's not the case. There are options. Employees do have rights. Uh, the law comes down really hard, actually, on employers that don't foster a safe, proper work environment. So if that happens to you, you know what to do. Speak to an employment lawyer. Give us a call. Let's talk about the situation. Let's discuss the options that you have, what your best option is in the circumstances, and then get to working on a solution that's going to get rid of all the stress, get rid of all of, you know, take this terrible situation off of your shoulders. And again, with respect to this specific uh, woman, that I, woman that I spoke with, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking steps now to engage the employer get her out of that work environment and get her a proper severance entitlements. And so uh, it's a good lesson for all our listeners uh, out there. Again, you don't have to deal with harassment and bullying in the workplace. It's, uh, you know, it, it's a huge, huge misstep for employers to be treating employers yeah. like that. Let's get a couple uh, topical points here before we take our first break. Mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. Number one, when terminating employees, employers only provide severance under the Employment Standards Act, right? They always go there. That's a default place to go for your week per year if you're lucky. Yeah, talking about severance, when we're dealing with uh, a lot of severance negotiations, John, what a lot of employers will do, again, unknowingly, so this is not necessarily mm -hmm. something that they're doing on purpose, but you know, they look to this piece of legislation that's called the Employment Standards Act, and they'll say, okay, well, you know, this is what the Employment Standards Act says, so I guess that's what we have to offer this employee. And that's false. That's incorrect, uh, uh, John. And the answer is very, is very simple. The Employment Standards Act only provides effectively a, a floor for employees' severance entitlements. It's an absolute bare-bones minimum, just like it has provisions for minimum wage and you know minimum vacation pay and hours of work. All of these bare-bones minimum entitlements that employees have are found in the Employment Standards Act. But that's actually not how we calculate severance. Severance is based on employees' full severance entitlements based on their age, position, and years of service. So looking to the Employment Standards Act is actually incorrect. You're actually, that's just the starting point. It's their bare minimum. Employees are going to be owed a heck of a lot more. And that's why it's such a mistake. And that's why it's a mistake that oftentimes employers make. Uh, 
really not knowing what an employee's full severance entitlement. Before you come back for the show, get in here and ask your questions. Alex, always prepared to answer them. The Employment Law Show, stand by. It is 6.43. We are back at it. And uh, just get a couple of calls lined up here. We'll get them on the air uh, very shortly. In the meantime, we're talking with Alex Luciferro. Reaching out to Alex anytime, 1-855-821-5900. If it's more matter you want to talk to uh, privately, that's the way to do it. Or email help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're going to very shortly get back to our our topic for the day as well, and that would be mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. But I want to get uh, I want to get uh, Steve on the line first. Hey, Steve, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Good, bud. How are you guys? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Good. Uh, we have a family friend. She's been with the company for about a few years now, over 25 to 30 years. For the longest time, she's been treated like a queen. Now, as of late, the last five years or so, um, you know, they're, they're you know they're raising her voice at her. They're talking to her like she's an idiot. And it's not only her, people that have been there for years. It seems that it, it seems that they're they're doing it to the older people for whatever. I mean, obviously, we know what the reason is. Because they're older, they want to bring new blood on board and get rid of the old uh, mm. uh, laundry. You know what I mean? And, you know, like she's told them on a few occasions, like, you know, you didn't treat me like this before. All of a sudden, you're treating me like this. They'll leave her alone for about a month or two. And then a month, two months later, it's back to square one again. She just wants to know what she should do. I mean, obviously, they know what they're doing is wrong, or else they wouldn't lay off for a month or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. it's a big joke, and, you know, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I appreciate the call, uh, Steve. And, you know, unfortunately, we do see this often when new management comes in. Uh, they want to bring in their own people, their own, you know, style of work, their own way of doing things. And, unfortunately, it's the case that those older employees or those employees that have been around you know, with the previous management uh, team for much longer, often get treated poorly or they get let go outright. You know, they get terminated and and, and then it's a question of severance, of course. In your, you know, in your friend's uh, case, it really does come down to the question of, you know, how severe is the mistreatment, right? So if it's just a little bit of attitude and perhaps not being particularly friendly, you know, that might not rise to the level of, of harassment. It might not rise to the level of, of a poisoned work environment. But if it's more severe than that, right, if they're really being spoken down to, really being mistreated, well, then certainly, and as I was saying at the top of the show, certainly she's going to have some rights uh, and some options. There are some gears, so to speak, that as an employee you want to go through in a situation uh, like this. Again, especially when the mistreatment is maybe not as obvious as the most egregious of cases. So for example, and actually, Steve, I would, I would encourage you, you know, tell your friend to reach out to us. Let's have a chat off air. We can strategize about what she should be doing, perhaps what she shouldn't be doing and discuss kind of a strategy moving forward as to kind of how to deal with all of this. Certainly step one would be, you know, perhaps filing a formal complaint with, with HR or with a manager, right and and putting that on paper so at the very least there's a record of her concerns rather so right rather than this all being verbal and this being conversational over the course of a few years you want something down in writing something more formal and then again you can kind of go through the gears if things progress and get worse there are more and more egregious steps that, that you can take as an employee but you've got to start there you've got to start with documenting your concerns and putting it to the employer that this kind of behavior is not tolerable. Employees shouldn't be shy to draw the line in the sand in that respect and say, hey, I don't like the way you're treating me. This is not professional. This is not proper for a work environment. Please stop this kind of behavior. Of course, keeping professional about the whole thing and, you know, 
being the bigger person, not stooping to the level of, you know, you, you know, uh, calling names or mistreating other people. But that's the way you've got to deal with it, or at least that's the way your friend has to deal with it. If she has any questions or concerns, Steve, again, I would reiterate, tell her, tell her to give us a call. Let's have a chat off air. We can get into more detail. Uh, and um, she shouldn't have to put up with that kind of behavior. I don't care how long she's been with the company. I don't care how new the management management in is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's inappropriate. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. I'm going to give you that number so uh, your friend can get a hold of Alex and his team, at least sit down and start to formulate some sort of plan, have that discussion. That would be 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's just that simple, man. I'm telling you, make that phone call now, just like Steve did, get uh, get informed. And uh, in the meantime, going back to our topic of the day, Alex, and that is when mis uh, uh, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. Number two, putting an employee on a temporary layoff, thinking that eh, it's okay to do so. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, well, this this might be, uh, you know, they're all these are all pretty big mistakes as we're going to go through them, mm -hmm. John, that employers make. But this is a big one because I could tell you that putting an employee on a temporary layoff kind of unknowingly and off the cuff, shall we say, can cost an employer dearly when it comes to severance because, and our longtime listeners, of course, will know this very well, and, and uh, for our new listeners, it's important to know, an employer does not have the inherent right to lay off an employee temporarily. It's not an automatic right. You as an employee needs to consent to a temporary layoff. And there are a couple of different ways you can do that. You can consent to it by actually agreeing to it on the spot. So if you, for whatever reason, want to agree to a layoff, by all means, go ahead. It's generally not a good idea. You're being sent home without pay. So not an ideal situation for an employee. You don't necessarily want to agree to one, but that's certainly one way. It can also be written into your employment contract. Right. So you can have an employment contract that you signed when you started your employment that says, I agreed to be temporarily laid off, you know, when uh, the economy or when the industry demands. And that's another way that you as an employee can agree to a layoff. If there's nothing contractual that allows an employer to lay you off. So if it's not in your contract and if it's not something you've ever agreed to before, then again, an employer doesn't have the right to temporarily lay you off. You can treat that layoff as a termination. And in fact, you probably do want to treat the layoff as a termination because if you accept the layoff one time, if you accept it this time, mm -hmm. you're going to have to accept it the second time and the third time and the fourth yeah. time and the fifth time. And that's not something you want to do. Obviously, you don't want it to become a term of your employment moving forward. It's what we call an implied term of employment. So an employer who temporarily lays off an employee uh, uh, John, without giving it second thought, and they don't have that contract in place, or they've never laid that employee off before, guess what? You're basically terminating that employee. You're giving that employee That's the right. right to consider themselves permanently terminated. And if they're a long service employee, if they've been with you for years and years and years, you're going to owe them a considerable amount of severance. I mean, if they're a long service employee, you might owe them as much as 24 months of pay. That's two years of pay basically an employee's maximum severance entitlements. And so again, for employers out there, this might be a good lesson. Be cautious. Don't just assume you could lay off uh, an employee. Don't assume that you have that right as an employer. Make sure it's in a contract if you want to do it. Or make sure that you get the employee's uh, consent if you have to do it. Otherwise, you are skating on very, very thin ice if you try and lay off an employee uh, who's not going to agree with it because you're going to owe that employee severance almost certainly.
We're talking about mistakes employers make. Uh, they don't know any better. In fact, I'll, 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 I'll roll employees into this one as well because most people think it's automatic and normal. And that is believing that probationary periods are automatic. It's just, it's always there, right? Exactly. And this is very similar to temporary layoffs, mm -hmm. uh, John. And so I'll be quick on, on the subject of probationary periods. We actually spoke about probation uh, last Monday, if you'll recall. Yeah. Uh, probationary periods are this other this other tool that an employer potentially has, but they don't have it automatically. John, it needs to be in an employment contract. If you have a probationary period in your employment contract that says, you know, within the first three months, you can let an employee go, you know, perhaps without any severance or without any notice. Well, that's something you can potentially take advantage of as an employer. It's why employment contracts from an employer's point of view are so recommended. They, they yeah. provide so many tools, so many useful uh, action uh, items that you can use as an employer to limit your uh, your uh, you know limit your effectively your liability your risk towards employees limit what severance employees uh, would be owed in those kinds of uh, situations and again probationary periods are one of them if you don't have a contract with a probationary period in it well guess what if you decide to you let that employee go <laughs> exactly if you, there is no such thing as probation <laughs> automatically. Uh, right? It needs to be in that contract. And so without it, they're just a regular employee. If you decide to let them go, and here's the kicker, John, if you decide to let them go, even within the first few months of their termination, you might think, oh, they're only a few month employee. They might not, they're not going to be owed that much severance. That's wrong, John. Yes. As we've seen on the show many, many times, even short service employees are going to be owed significant amounts of severance. They actually might be owed more severance then they have tenure with the employer. We've seen situations where an employee of three or four or five months gets three or four or five months of severance. And that could be a lot. If this person's a high-earning employee, you as an employer might be on the hook for a lot of severance pay. And so again, it's a great lesson for employers out there and for employees as well. Don't just assume that an employer uh, has the right to put you on probation or has a right to let you go early on in your employment because of a quote unquote probationary period, it needs to be in the contract. It needs to be an agreed upon term of employment. Otherwise, it simply doesn't exist. Next stop on the uh, mistakes employers make because they don't know any better. Again, very common. And again, employees believe this as well. Not properly distinguishing between the independent contractor and an actual employee. Yeah, another another very costly, uh, costly right. at sometimes you know uh, honest mistake, John, in the sense that sometimes both parties will consider this a contractor relationship, right? Sometimes even the employee themselves thinks that they're an independent contractor and they pay their own taxes uh, and they don't you know they don't contribute to EI or mm -hmm. CPP, and it's a relationship, it's a, a kind of financial situation that works for both parties. But it's actually the substance of the relationship, John, that matters the most here. It's not what the parties call themselves. You know, you and your employer can call yourselves contractors and can, you can call yourself an independent contractor. But if you work regular hours and you're paid at regular intervals and you take instructions from the company and you work full time for them, you don't work for anyone else and you use their equipment and maybe you have an office and maybe you're holding yourself out as a representative of that company to other individuals, to clients, et cetera. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? You can call yourself a contractor all you want. You are an employee in that situation. 
And in, in, you know, in that case, you're going to be owed vacation pay like an employee. You're going to be owed severance like an employee. You might be owed, I don't know, pension contributions or benefits coverage like an employee. There might be a ton of entitlements there that you would be owed, particularly if you're ever let go from your employment. If you're, you know, despite the fact that you're called a contractor, if you're let go from your employment and, and you are in fact an employee, you're going to be owed severance like any other employee based on your age, position and years of service. And certainly the older you are, the longer you've been with the same company, the more seniority or the more specialized your position is within that company, the more severance you're going uh, to get. And it's not going to be a couple of weeks. It's not going to be what your contract says. It's going to be uh, oftentimes over a year's plus of severance pay. Get to one more of these employers make this mistake, fire an employee for cause, but they don't actually have it. Hasn't risen that high yet. Yeah, exactly. And this is one we talk about often, and it's one that uh, it, it might actually be the one that employers get wrong the most, uh, to be honest, uh, John. When an employee either has you know a bad run of performance or an employee you know makes a mistake at work, they do something silly, some sort of misconduct at work, uh, you, you know, some sort of misconduct at work, an employer will jump immediately, uh, John, to saying you did something so terribly wrong or your performance was so terrible you've given us no choice but to let you go without severance. And as you just alluded to, John, that is a very, very high bar. It's rare, actually. It's extremely rare for an employer to actually have legitimate grounds to terminate an employee for cause, meaning without severance or without any notice uh, whatsoever. You have to do something really, really terrible at work. We're talking we're really talking kind of the capital punishment mm -hmm. of the employment relationship. And I don't use those words in an exaggerated way. It has to be the worst of the worst kind of conduct. And so a lot of times what employers do is they make the mistake of letting an employee go for a cause on the basis of something more minor, right? Maybe it warranted a written reprimand or some sort of other punishment, maybe even a suspension if it was, you know, really, really poor conduct, you know, you know something really serious. Suspend the employee by all means. But terminations for cause need to be reserved for the worst of the worst offenses. Uh, otherwise, that employee is going to be owed severance. And you don't get a discount as an employer in paying that employee severance. Right. They don't get less severance because they did something wrong. They're owed severance like any other employee who was let go for any other reason. And again, we've seen throughout the course of this show, severance could be significant. It could be as much as two years uh, pay. So it's another massive, massive mistake that employers can make. Uh, in the context of disciplining an employee in this case. And that is a wrap for the Monday night edition. Reaching out now to Alex, which is always advised for further questions, do so. 1-855-821-5900. Won't cost you anything to pick up a phone, right? Email help at employmentlawyer.ca and all other matters can be found, including the severance calculator. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the Employment Law Show. Take care.